All right, so I just want to invite you all in for those who are still maybe lingering. We're just going to come together, worship the Lord, ask Him to open our eyes, remove a veil, allow us to see and experience His presence here this morning. Yeah, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless this time that we have together, Lord, that we would come into a real knowledge of you and of your presence this morning, in Jesus' name. I see God taking us right now into the nations. I see God dropping pictures. I see God dropping pictures where we're going to sing this song over and over and over again. I see God taking us into the earth. I see God taking us. I'm asking you right now to ask the Lord, where do you want me to sing this song, God? Where do you want me to sing this song, Jesus? I see people standing in Israel. I see people standing in Germany. I see people standing all over the earth. I see people standing in this church. If the picture you see is this church, then stay in this church. If you're standing in in Parkland Village, then stand in Parkland Village. Prophesy. Prophesy. Salvation belongs to God. Salvation belongs to God. Oh, I will sing in Hawaii, and I will sing in Australia, and I will sing over Peru, and I will sing over these nations, and I will sing in these nations, even if my feet never leave Spruce Grove. I will sing in nations. I will pray in nations. Because my God is bigger than where I am because my God is bigger than where I am. So come on, church. Let's travel. Let's travel. Let's sing. Don't worry about praying. Don't worry about interceding. Just worship God. Just worship God there. Just sing like you were singing before. Salvation. Come on, Ben, take it. Salvation belongs to God. Salvation belongs to God. To our God. To my God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for the First Nations people. I pray for the First Nations people, Lord. Where the enemy has hoodwinked them for generations, Lord. Where they have been bound in occult practices and native spiritualism, Lord, but their hearts are truly running after you, Lord. They just don't know. They just don't know they've been sidetracked by the enemy, where he has kept them bound, Lord, for generations. I thank you, Lord, that they come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the knowledge of the truth that sets them free. Awaken their hearts. (coughs) Awaken their hearts and their minds unto the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, who will come and save, Lord, that you... You will deliver these people, Lord. Lord, their hearts are truly running after you. I thank you, Lord, that their hearts are hungry for you. Lord, where they have been bound, Lord, that you will come and save and set free in Jesus' name. I don't think it's coincidental what the uh, verse for the kids was this week. and I've been feeling really hopeless for a long time, and not for any reason. I have a really good life. I cannot complain, but I've been feeling really low and really down. And this week, we had to practice Isaiah 12 too, 
And it goes, see, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. And I had to say that about 300 times, and I didn't think of it until this morning, but it has totally transformed something in my heart. And it's not just talking about being in the in danger, physical danger. It's talking about being, it's talking about him coming to save you from the depths of despair and sadness and sorrow. So I just want to speak that out today. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. And if you're struggling with that right now, I encourage you to speak that verse over yourself this week. And for those of you who won't, who are feeling alone, who are feeling broken and just depressed and feeling like no one cares about them, that nobody loves them, that they want to take their own lives because they're alone, I speak over you. See, God has come to save you. You can trust in him and not be afraid. We're going to capitalize on this moment right here. There's a shift that's going on. I want you, I'm challenging you right now, play connect the dots this morning. I want you to connect everything that has been prayed or declared or sung out to the message that's about to come out. Even the style of this message is going to be a little weird for me because I tend to be flow and uh, that sort of orientation. And this is going back old school to expository preaching. That means you grab a passage and you tear that sucker apart. So Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. I'll read it out here really fast. This is Jesus speaking. Actually, here's a little context. Jesus is standing in Jerusalem. He's just come out of the temple and it's Wednesday ahead of Friday. So that's the background of what's going on. He's just finished having parables that he's been teaching in the temple. He's come out. It's two days till the end of the race. And on the one hand, you've got imminent death, and on the other hand, you have, for the joy set before me. Okay, so here's the tension that's going on in this moment, and this is what he's speaking. 25 verse 14. Kingdom of heavens, just like a man about to go on a journey who calls his slaves and entrusts his possessions to them, to one he gives five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five went and traded with them and gained five more. In the same manner, the one who received two gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the slaves comes back to settle accounts. The one who had received the five talents comes up and brings five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five to me. See, I got five more. I'm starting to paraphrase here because I'm just feeling the urgency. His master says, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The one also who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted to me two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you didn't scatter seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have back what's yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I didn't sow, gather where I scattered no seed, then you ought to have put my money in the bank so that I'd at least have interest on it when I got back. So starting in verse 14, let's tear it apart a little bit here. This master called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. 
So this is a kingdom parable. This is not for outside. This is for inside. This is for us, each of us in the kingdom. He delivered his goods. The things that he possessed, he gave to us. Verse 15 punches me right in the nose. He gave to one five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. That means you were not given too much to look after. This isn't too hard for you. You have been measured, weighed, understood, and you've been entrusted with the right amount. And that ability, he says, each to according to their ability, the word there in Greek is dynamis, power. It's not your skill. It's not your, um, you know, the thing that you inherited, your family fortune, your, your good name, reputation. It's the power that you've been given. To each has been given a measure of power. We were just singing about confronting lies here. Here's where they're beginning. Verse 16. Then he who received five went and traded with them and made five more. Traded. Well, let's back up a second. What's a talent? I had to dig it up because I don't know. A talent, there's different kinds of talents. There's a silver talent, gold talent, whatever. A talent is a lot of money, it turns out. It's not a day's wages. It's not a month's wages. It's not a year's wages. It's about 20 years worth of wages. So one talent, roughly a million dollars today, because it works out to the daily wages of a tradesman for that amount of time. So we're talking about a million dollars because the average tradesman, say, 50000 a year, 20 years, a million dollars. So this is a heavy investment in us. How often do we discount the thing that's in us going, well, well, I just have this little, I have, a, my voice isn't, I can't dance, you know, I, whatever. We discount ourselves really quickly and really easy. The thing that we've been given is actually precious and powerful. Traded, Greek word for traded, ergozomai, means he went to work. Took the talent and he went to work. Didn't sit back, wasn't waiting, wasn't going, gee, I hope someday that I get activated. He went to work. And when he made five more, made in Greek is kerdeno, means profited by trading. So this guy took the talent, went to work, trading it. That means interacting with other people. That means I share what I got, I get some of what you got, and I'm increased. Derek this morning, when we were in pre-service prayer, had this urgency. He prayed it twice, actually, that there would be unity, that there would be a breaking down of walls between individuals. I believe it's so that we can share the grace, the power, the gifting, the talents that we've been given with one another because we each have them, young, old, male, female, all of us. But we're banging up against a lie of not me, right? Maybe later once I know now. The guy with two talents, same deal, same words. He went to work. He traded it up. Trade back and forth. Has anyone ever seen that trading game where you start with a, and then you go out and you, I got a pencil. Bigger, better. Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories about people who started with a paperclip and came home with a house. Okay, that's some serious trading up. But Jesus taught in parables about seed that scattered on good ground, 30, 60, 100 fold. We discount the seed really easy. We discount who we are really easy. So Holy Ghost, I'm asking that as I'm going and as we're sitting and listening, I pray that you start pricking the hearts, touch the soft spots in us where we are at odds with you and we're at odds with your work. We're at odds with your word because we want to know. So skip down to verse 21. They've come back now. The first guy with the five is cashing in. His Lord says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll set you over many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Well done, good and faithful. The word there in Greek, pistos. What it means is not diligent. It means easily persuaded to have faith. Quickly convinced. 
That means somebody didn't have to give you a thousand prophetic words before you finally got up the courage to go do the talk to your neighbor. You know what I mean? Like, quickly, I heard it, I'm on board, let's go. Quick response to the heart. And as a reward, the master is saying, I will set you over, katastaso, I will stand you down. It's almost a military governmental term. I'm going to drop you in, boom, to rule over many things. The parallel story in Luke 19 is, you've been faithful with these? Good, I'm going to put you over cities. It's like, Ben, great job skateboarding. Here's the keys to Edmonton. Like, it escalates. You know, Jesus said, you know, don't despise small beginnings. Trade it up fast. Enter into the joy of your master. That doesn't mean you suddenly got happy, though you get happy. What it means is enter into the enjoyment of your master. Enter into your master's pleasure. Enter into his favor. But if you watch the chain there, he says, you were past faithful over a few things. I will set you over many things, but right now enter the favor. So the way into the more is obey small, get the favor, and then it escalates. So the simple things that we're doing day to day, the simple things that we get called to do, these little things make the difference in life. So we get through the first two guys. We're now on to the third man, and this is where we're going to key in is on this third guy. And again, I'm bawling up at the front here at one point because the song starts, streams in the desert. The third man, verse 24, says... I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you don't sow and gathering where you don't scatter. I knew you. That word knew translates personally experienced. You know the other time that word was used? Mary was talking to an angel who had just said, you're going to have a baby from the Most High God. And she says back to him, how can this be because I have not known a man? Personally experienced. So this guy's claiming, I know you to be a hard man man. Hard. Greek word scleros. Doesn't actually mean hard. It literally translates to dry. So dry that it's rigid and unbending and hard. And we're singing about streams in the desert. And this is meaningful to me because I've been investing in study and whatnot for weeks and months knowing that this is coming and preparing my heart. And you're doing a thing where you're not sure, God, am I on the right track? But you're stepping in faith going, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I'm awake at 3 in the morning because I can't sleep because I want to be faithful to deliver what God's doing. And I come in here and worship starts to say everything that's coming out in this passage. He hears you. He knows you. He wants to play the game with you. He wants to be involved with you. You matter. Your gift matters. And here's the really, the super deep esoteric meaning of the word dry. You ready? Go back into the ancient Aramaic and through the deserts of Egypt into the sand and whatnot. Here's what it means. There's no water. I know, deep, right? Profound. There's no water. So this guy is saying, my experience of you, master, is you're hard, you're unbending, and you're dry. There's no life. There's no moisture. There's no water. And the last claim that he's got, you reap where you don't sow. You gather where you don't scatter. So you put this together, and you've got this servant who's done nothing. He's going, I personally know you to be hard and dry, looking for results where it's not fair. Anybody walked into the Walmart parking lot and got a harvest of vegetables lately? Did you go in there and cut down some corn? No, because you, you can't harvest where there's no seed, right? Seems pretty logical. So this accusation is coming against the master going, your expectations are not fair. You're hard, you're dry, I know you. And you're looking for results where there should be no results. It's not fair. 
And Jen, at the end, is singing about, I have believed in a lie. I don't know about you, but what my heart did as I'm studying this stuff is starting to churn on transparency, I guess. I've been praying in recent weeks, God, I'm not seeing enough healing. I'm not seeing enough miracles. I'm not seeing enough prophetic. I'm not seeing enough salvations. Like, ugh, disappointment grinding away. And this verse churning up stuff in my heart going, oh. So his response to saying, Master, you're hard. Master, you're unfair. Your expectations are unrealistic. He says, I was afraid. So I went and hid the money in the ground. The word afraid, phobothesis, literally means to withdraw or avoid, to keep at a distance due to fear. What was he afraid of? That question kind of rattled around inside me for a while. What's he afraid of? He, you know, he says the master is dry, unbending. Okay, is that mean? Like, there's no indication that he gets whipped or beat up or anything like that. So what is he afraid of? He's afraid that he can't meet the master's expectation. He's afraid he can't. Because he's afraid he can't measure up to what the master has said and what the master has entrusted to him. He went and dug a hole and hid the money in the ground. And <laughs> The word hid, cryptos, it's where we get the word encrypt, cryptography. It's this idea where you confuse something to the point where it's inaccessible unless you've got special knowledge, right? You've got the secret code to access it. So he's put this talent out of reach going, it's too much. And I get thinking of the number of times that, you know, I said, oh, God, that, that's a hard thing, right? You know what? Maybe, maybe we'll let the, those other guys do it. You know, it, it's pretty tough. You know, maybe we'll let the, the demonstrative people raise their hands. Maybe we'll let the, the really, you know, skillful language people, they can pray out. We'll, you know, we'll let the people who are talented with a gift of service go and, and handle that problem. It's, it's too much for me. And these are all the lies. And then the master counters it. In verse 26, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew I reap where I didn't sow and gather where I didn't scatter seed. The word know here is totally different. It's not personal knowledge. The word here is ido. It says, you have this image of me. <sighs> Sorry, I just... This morning, all the worship, all the songs, they're just undoing me because it's all here. Like... It, Put your hand up if you're seeing the connections. Okay, this is God talking then. We didn't correspond anything. We didn't plan anything here. There was no joining of the minds. This is what God is saying to us in different ways. And he's demonstrating it by going, these two didn't connect. Same message. You knew me. You had this image of who I was. You stayed at a distance, away from me. You obscured the stuff that I gave you, and you never knew me. This same word happened in the parable just before this. Jesus was just talking about the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. You remember them? Some had enough oil, some didn't have enough oil. The ones that didn't have enough came back after they went and bought some more and tried to get in. And the master, or the bridegroom at that point, the door stays shut, and he says... I don't know you. I can't picture you. Same word as this. We haven't spent enough time together. We haven't experienced each other in the same way. So all of this morning is centering around this idea of dry ground, relationship at a distance, expectations 
that are skewed, lies that we're believing. And different ones are coming up in different points. Do you want to come and share what you... No, Jenna, yeah. I was just seeing when we were singing that uh, just these walls coming down. And then it's like I saw the picture first, but then uh, after that I was seeing these, like, uh, I don't know if you all felt it in worship, but there was like this dropping point where it felt when we were on our knees and we were bowing down and talking about his glory. Uh, And now we were giving him his glory, the glory that was due his name, and he was taking it, but I felt like something went down into the ground. And it was the inverse of what we were doing. We think we got to dig deep. We got to go down to the deep places. But as we were giving the glory to him, we went down. And I saw this seismic kind of shock wave going to the ground and it went out and I was seeing concrete structures shifting and uh, specifically I was seeing foundations cracking and I brought that to Cam and then I said but I want to spend a little more time and then Jen started going into some of these walls coming down and I was thinking about my foundation and how I've been building this foundation with God over time, but like we know in Alberta, when you have a foundation or any concrete pad, the weather wears at it, and it starts to erode, and it starts to break, and I just saw that uh, you can do patchwork, because we've tried to do it at our house, and it just does not last. It comes up. It's never the same, and I saw him like, "Would would you be willing to tear up the whole foundation to lay another one, and I I don't know. (laughs) That's a hard thing to say. It is so much work to go, yes, I will let you tear up the foundation that's been built. And and I just saw these little cracks in the ground. Like, either you're going to have to be willing to let him rip it all out and redo it so it's useful, or you're going to be patching that same thing over and over and over again. And I'm going to keep shifting. I'm going to keep shaking. And those things are going to be cracking. So I'm seeing it on this personal level, but then I was seeing it in this bigger picture. And I saw specifically Spain, and I saw structures that have been built that were made out of concrete. And I just saw like the smallest shift, but you see those cracks in the wall. One little shake causes a crack that literally weakens the whole structure. And she had said to me when she first brought it to me, I see the, the dry ground cracking and water going in. And so If we can be really honest in this room, how many people right now would say, I feel like my relationship with God is dry? You don't have to put up your hand, but if you're feeling it, put your hand up. There's a fair number of hands. The declaration in worship, the whole way through, he will come and save. He will come and save. He will come and save. He will make a difference. He will change these things if you're willing. I'm just going to pause and take a reading here for a second. You have something? Um, In counseling, uh, um, I often will tell people that what you believe isn't always true and what you feel isn't always true. And uh, one of the things that kept going through my mind as you were talking, Cam was that what your filter decided about God when you've had experiences with him and about him 
may not have been true. So that means that when we have something happen that's disappointing and painful, we let that speak into our identity. And we let it become our design that we operate out of. And so as Cam is talking about the talents, I'm thinking about how if I've been disappointed because I had an expectation about what God was going to do and I decided who he was because of how I felt and because of how I thought, then that distorts my idea of who God is. So then I build a wall between God and I because I don't trust him anymore because of how I perceive him. And I also don't walk in who I am because I'm not allowing him to speak into who I am according to who he is. So then I'm forced to operate out of my own strength and out of my own wisdom, which then creates exhaustion and disappointment. And I just felt like what you're talking about today in terms of the talents has a lot to do with what we've thought and what we felt. And how the only way, like Jenna is talking about, the only way to get to the root of that is to lay down our thoughts and our feelings about who God is and allow him to come and tear those down and bring his truth. And that requires humility because, you know, some of us may have believed something about him for a long time and built our world around him. The way we worship, the way we interact with others, the way that we practice our gifts. And it can be hard because it means, in some ways, starting all over. So that's what's been on my heart. I don't know what you want to do with that. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for that live hand grenade. Go ahead, Jim. Just to extend a little bit, because it was interesting how worship worked today, right? We started by making declarations about he's salvation. Salvation is his. And then we made direct declarations about his glory, and he will have his glory. We made declarations about dominion and, and all of that. And then finally, at the end, we transitioned to, but we don't really believe it. Did you, did you follow that? Oh, my goodness. So... So we're getting to the root of the foundational piece where you've got this cognitive recognition that this thing is true. But I don't believe it. I just, I just can't go there. And that is, you know, that is that I have this picture of how God is and who he is and how it works. And I, and I know he says these things so I can repeat them from the word, but I, I can't walk in it. I, I, so it was just really interesting to me because I, I said to Paul, wouldn't you have thought this would have gone the other way? That we'd have started by saying, I don't believe, I, I, I can't figure it out, but then here's who you say you are, and yes, now I can declare it. And it was almost exactly the other way. So I, I, this has felt kind of heavy up to this point for me. I don't know how it's feeling out there. but So let's shift to the good news side of it. So what about the other two guys? What was their experience of the master? The third guy was saying dry, hard, so distant, whatever. So that implies that the other two guys had life. They had water. They had water. We read elsewhere in Scripture, later on in the New Testament, the source of everything, Holy Ghost. 
What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What are the gifts of the Spirit? All the different acts, the prophetic words and stuff like that. Everything flows out of that interaction with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, if you want to find me, you have to seek me with your whole heart. Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, the Lord is spirit. You have to worship him in spirit and truth. You have to go where he is. He will occasionally leave the 99 to come find the one. But it's not so that you can get him moved in next to you. It's so he can get you back to where you should be in the spirit. That is native ground for us. Being in the spirit is where we belong. It's the root of all our life, all our joy, all our passion, all our power. And I feel like this morning God wants to address that spot. He wants to reconnect where people's experience has been dry and distant. Anybody here ever been bit by a dog? Okay. Anybody here got bit by a dog and decided after that, I really don't like dogs? Okay. So, this is a really deep question for some of you. What would it take for you to like dogs? You would have to have good experiences with dogs to the point where it drowns the bad experience, right? Seems pretty logical. Same thing applies with God. If you've got some stuff that's in the way between you and him, and you've had some experiences, and I, I know you to be a hard, dry man. Well, what you need then is some water encounters, And that is what I think God wants to do this morning. So I want to start some stuff, but body, all of you who have talents and gifts and power, I want to activate you. So let's start with the people who put up their hands saying, my experience right now is dry. Would you be willing to put your hands up again? All right. The rest of you who haven't put your hands up, get close to some of these with their hands up. That means you might have to move out of your seat in some cases. <laughs> go, go ahead. Okay, I think for a long time I've asked the Lord to um, change the way I'm thinking, change my mind, or change my heart because my heart needs to come in line. But in this last season, the Lord has been saying, drop those things. It doesn't matter what your mind is thinking. It doesn't matter what your heart is doing. Train my spirit. Lord, train my spirit so it actually bypasses my mind. My mind thinks things, but when he stirs in my spirit, the Lord actually changes my mind. And when he stirs and trains my spirit, he actually changes my heart. And so I'm just going to leave that here today. I'm just going to let that land here today. It's like it's not about uh, a shift in our soul. God actually wants to train our spirit so that we can receive things from his spirit. Okay, so the people who put their hands up, you've got people around you. All right, we are going to pray. And I want you to just pray flat out what comes to you. Pray loud. And the people that aren't with somebody right now, raise your voice and pray, God, let them have water. God, encounter them. Go ahead, use your voices. God, in Jesus' name, we're asking for these ones that haven't had water in a while that you would absolutely flood on them. God, we're asking for a whole new encounter, a whole new experience. We're asking that they get to see you face to face. They get to feel you. We're asking that they get to encounter you and experience you. God, we're asking that you change how it looks, change how it sounds, change how it feels, change how it's been, change the humidity in the air around them. God, we're asking in Jesus' name, meet them, meet them, meet them. 
Break off the expectations. Break off the disappointments. Break off these things that have got them locked up or dried up, God. Break them off. God, we're asking in Jesus' name, release life. Release life. Release faith, God, to trust you again, to believe you again, to see you again. Release faith, God. Meet them, God. Meet them, God. More, God, for them. More for them in Jesus' name. New encounters, new experiences, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I've got a word of encouragement for you all. Because throughout the service, actually starting early this morning, uh, we, were, we were at home and we were talking about foundational faith, foundational truth. And, and we were actually, my wife and I were actually discussing the very things that were being talked about here regarding do we believe? And a lot of things we believe is a lie or, or that we act out is not the truth. But we have to go back to the truth and back to the, to the foundational truth of the Lord. And as we were talking through this, this, a prophetic word came to me. And I was just itching to say, when is the time to share it? And then you came. So it's, listen to this. When, when Jesus was with his disciples and he said, he said to, to, to Simon, and he said, Simon, Satan has demanded that he has, that he, that I, that he has you so that he can sift you like wheat. He's demanded that he can have you. And I, I, this is what I'm hearing is that the, Satan is trying to come to many of us and to, even to this body saying, he's demanding that he has you. And, and a fear comes, grips. What do we do? So what we do is we go to the foundation of the truth. Who is God? Jesus, this is his word, the prophetic word for you today. But I have prayed for you. Amen. I have prayed for you. So, Cam, Jesus says, I've prayed for you. You are in a place where Satan can't even touch you. We are in a place, the foundation of the salvation of the Lord. Amen. Salvation belongs to God. And he says, and I give it to you. Amen. And I've prayed for you so that he can't touch you. Amen. So we go to that foundation of truth that we are Christ and we are founded on him and Satan has nothing on us. It has nothing to do with who we are, what we believe. It's that whose we belong to. Amen. So we release faith right now. Father, we release the promise of the Lord that salvation not just is yours, but you've given it to us. He now says salvation is God's, but God says, and now it is yours. And that salvation, you are founded in him. You're hidden in Christ. And the, the, the Satan, no matter what he does, no matter what he says, no matter what he tries, he says, Jesus says, I've prayed for you. And you're mine. So receive it. Receive the fullness. Receive the water, the water of the Spirit of God, which comes from that foundation of truth. And we release that right now, Father, over this entire church, over each and every one of us today. We receive your promise, your truth, your faith, which you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for water. We thank you, Lord, for life. We thank you, Lord, that you have prayed for us. So Yoshi Myrna, Jesus has prayed for you. Not, not is praying, has prayed for you. So you're in that place. 
Teresa, he has prayed for you. So we say, thank you, Lord. And we can go out in confidence no matter what he says, no matter where he calls us to go, no matter what is happening, we can have a full assurance and confidence that Jesus I have prayed for you, and therefore Satan can't touch you, and therefore you shall succeed. Amen. And so we take the fear which is not based on the foundational truth. It is based on the circumstance, and we cast it aside. And we just allow the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth of his salvation to cover us. And Father, we just thank you for that, your encouragement over us and reminding us of what you have given us, and you've never given us beyond what we can handle. We thank you, Lord, that we will take those talents and we will use them for your glory, that we can come and bring them back to you, that you receive the glory and the honor and truth. We release that water even now. Just take a hold of that water, that rain. Let it just flood in that dry place. You take hold of it, it says, by faith. We take hold of it because it is the foundation a foundational truth because it's hidden in him. It is part of the salvation package. Amen? And we grab it. We say, thank you, Lord. It's mine. Amen. So Murray came up to me and he said, so what if you're not the first guy or the third guy? What if you're the guy with two talents? I was thinking of the guy with two talents and uh, thinking that if I was that guy... I would know that there's people in the room that have five talents. I would know that there's people who can sing better than I can sing. There's people who can speak better than I can speak. People who can dance better than I can dance. There's people who serve better than I serve. And if I step up and show my two talents, it's going to show. Everybody's going to know that I'm not as carrying as much power as the other person. And so I would almost rather hide and people just not know what I have. Because when I step into that, it's going to become obvious. When I come up here and dance, it's going to become obvious that, <laughs> that it's, there's, a, there's, a little, there's about 70% white in there, by the way, I bite my lip. <laughs> and if I sing, you're going to know I haven't been trained. But I've been given two talents. And there's a responsibility in that. And my responsibility is to you to release whatever it is that I got. This high, this high, whatever it is, whatever he's given me, I have to do that thing. Okay, so who in the room feels like, I'm not the five-talent guy, I'm the two-talent guy. I've, I've got some water, I can do some stuff. Okay, put, let's... Put your hands up. I mean, okay, I, I see Kim's kind of chuckling in the background. Yeah, I guess nobody would really cop to being, I'm the five-talent guy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, he's five, five-talent guy. I hang out with him, so that means, like, you know, I get to, we're seven. We're seven. Okay, but seriously, though, you feel like you're in the middle somewhere. You, you've got a bit of life. You've got some understanding of your gifting, some, yeah, okay but you're not fully going the way you should go. Who, who's that? Okay. So now, everybody look around, see who's got their hands up. Move to around them and pray for release on them. Yes, that means you. The people in the chairs, you got to shift a little bit. Find somebody with their hands up. Touch them. 
There's still some people with their hands up that nobody's touching. Get over there. You're the body. You have talents and gifts. You're powerful. You've got water. So, Father, we ask for these ones who have been faithful in some. God, who have some understanding of what they're supposed to do and how to interact. God, we're asking that you increase these ones. We're asking that you bless them, God. We're asking that you give them greater flow. We're asking that you give them greater effect when they move. God, we're asking for increased harvest in their lives, more fruitfulness in Jesus' name. We're asking that you give them the capacity to touch more people and affect more lives. We're asking that you give them their sphere in Jesus' name. Give them their education community. Give them their, their work. Give them the organizations they're part of. Expand their ability to interact with people and affect them. Make their prayers more effective and more powerful in Jesus' name. Give them the ability to hear more than they've heard so that they can be effective wider than they've been. In Jesus' name, create space for them, God. Reassure them, God, that they have value, that they have meaning. They're important. They're necessary. Their talent is still a gift, and it still has to be used. And it can be traded up. We declare that over these ones with two. It can be traded up. It can be traded up. In Jesus' name, 30, 60, 100-fold. 30, 60, 100-fold increase. It's possible. In Jesus' name, multiply faith to these ones. Multiply grace to these ones, God. Cause them to be bold. Cause them to have faith. Cause them to respond to your spirit, God. And let's be clear. It's the power that he gave them. So he gave the two talents to the one that he gave the power to steward the two talents. And then his response to them was identical. The response to the guy with five was, well done, good and faithful servant. The response to the guy with two who came back with four was, well done, good and faithful servant. There was no almost as well done. Uh Uh-uh. It was well done, good and faithful servant to both. There was no question. So he gave them the power, then he seeded the talent, and then he affirmed what they did with it. And he did not demand more from the one than from the other. And so therefore the guy with two, had he actually sat there and gone, well, he didn't give me five, so I guess I don't got to do anything, would have been in worse shape than the guy with the one. So we're only called to steward that which he's given us. He gave us the power. He gave us the gift. And, and there you are. And that is in your business, in your school, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your church, in, in, in every realm in life. He calls you to steward that which he's given you, and he, has, he is the one who gave you the power to do it. So who thinks this is good so far? I'm, I'm thinking this is pretty good. This is pretty good. I know we're getting close to noon. I know we've got a chili cook-off coming up. So, <laughs> dies wrecked. Nope, not for her today. <laughs> okay, so there's one last thing that I want to pray over everybody. Father of lights, every good and perfect gift comes from you, and you give as you see fit to each of us. And I pray blessing on everyone. Everyone, whether one talent, two talents, five talents, half a talent, 42 talents, whoever they are, God, let favor rest on them. Cause them to be blessed. Cause them to be fruitful. Protect the gift in them, God. Cause them to have victory on all sides. Cause them to see you in greater ways, God. Open the door between heaven and earth for each one. 
so that they can encounter you at a higher level, God, that they can have more meaningful relationship with you, God. And we bless the ones beside us, front, back, beside us. We say, God, do good things in their life. Touch the person next to you on the shoulder. Say, God, bless them. Make them better. Increase them. Give them victory. Give them success. Give them joy. Release the Holy Ghost in them. In Jesus' name.